On today's episode of Hit the Books Podcast, Kevin Smith got his hands on some new comic book media. The year of villains is almost upon us, and DC has finally gotten some goddamn sense. Want to know more? Stay tuned! Today's date is February 18th, 2019. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit the Books Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And we're here to give you the saucy deets on everything comics this week. For those of you unfamiliar with the show, this is your weekly comic book podcast where Emery and I, and perhaps a guest, go through the latest news, the new comic book releases from your local comic book shops. Please support your local comic book shops. And discuss some topics about the world of comics for your amusement. If that sounds like a good time, be sure to hit like and subscribe down below on our YouTube channel and write well elsewhere. It really does help us out. And remember to check the little bell icon next to the subscribe button. It's a new feature. If you don't check it, you might not get the notifications. You can always find us on YouTube, on Stitcher, and on iTunes. And be sure to check out our website, www.htbvids.com, V-I-D-S, where you can find links to all of these things as well as plenty of other written content and lists. Uh, we have a big announcement. Uh, just prior to this episode, we released our premiere episode of Hit the Ropes podcast, <gasps> which is a spinoff show that I'm doing with my brother, Dan, the man, Maloney. Ooh. And if you're a fan of the WWE and uh, professional wrestling in general, you might want to tune into that show. It's on our uh, channel, uh, Hit the Books, and uh, on your podcast services, iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, it's listed as a separate show called Hit the Ropes Podcast. Uh, again, built into our show on the YouTube channel, but separate on Stitcher and iTunes. So be sure to check that out and subscribe uh, if you so choose. And uh, just remember our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash hit the books, is representative of both shows. So if you like oh, either yeah. show and feel like you should uh, contribute a little something to help us keep the shows alive, we'd really be grateful. If you can't do so or won't do so, we're happy to have you along for the ride, and we really appreciate it. So, Hit the Ropes is not replacing Hit the Hit the Books. Uh, we still are going to have Hit the Books as our flagship show uh, oh, yeah. for all things comic books. And obviously, uh, our channels and our Twitter and our Facebook are going to be changing to Hit the Books vids uh, to be all-encompassing for the current shows and perhaps future shows we've been working on a little bit. Um, but the, the channels and the social medias uh, will all be representative for all of the shows collectively, uh, including any interaction with myself, uh, Dan the Man Maloney, <laughs> or Emery Saunders here. Oh, yeah. So be sure to check that out. Once again, episode one is up and live on YouTube right now. It's up and live on Stitcher as I speak. And iTunes is going through the verification process with iTunes still, but it, I expect it'll probably be uh, through that within a, a day or two. Um, think that's everything i wanted to touch on before we jump into the show um and if you are jumping to this show from the uh wrestling show welcome we oh, hope yeah. you enjoy the show it's going to be a similar format uh obviously we're going to talk about new releases so there's going to be a part of the show where we list them through uh but be sure to check out the links under the video and uh under the stitcher and itunes for any kind of jumps to next sections or new reports or the web page or anything like that so 
And I want to extend an apology to the fans that uh, do keep up with the show. Unfortunately, because of the process of getting the new show going and all the work it took to build the RSS feed and the web page and the social media platforms and all that stuff, um, unfortunately, we didn't have the time to get together and film last week's episode of the podcast. So episode 39 is coming out two weeks after the fact. So we're going to touch on a lot of news today. Oh, we're not, yeah. We're not going to have our usual uh, topic of the show um, because there's, there's just too much to get to, and it's going to take us a really long time to get through all of it. And uh, in order to not make the show four hours long, <laughs> we're, we're going to uh, do our best to kind of condense things and uh, keep everything going at a brisk pace. Oh, so yeah. once again, we do apologize for missing last week, but we will be back on schedule going forward with both of the shows. So look forward to that. Without further ado, Emery, what have you been reading? Get it. X-Men. Yeah. Um Yeah. I I've been catching myself up on some back issues that I've been kind of dreading going through because man, sometimes reading X-Men is a chore. Aw, don't tell me that. That makes me very sad. Okay. It's sad now. But things are getting better. Oh, that's a good sign. Now, you, know, are... you you want to know why they're getting better? Why? Guess who's back? <gasps> back again. Again? Cyclops and Wolverine are back. <gasps> Tell your friends. Oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> they're back. They're a little different. Glowing claws. Um, old version oh. of Cyclops uh, and present time. I believe, yeah. yeah. Resurrected again, again, again. <laughs> now, to be clear, this is the Uncanny X-Men, right? That you're speaking yes. about? Okay. Yes, this is uh, the, the latest one, issue 11, which I believe is a giant-sized feature. Uh, yeah. For eight bucks, I will pay to watch the beginning of what I think is going to be the upturn of the X-Men. That's great to hear. Oh, my now, God. Now I think I think we can probably thank Disney for this, <laughs> now that they're not trying to murder all the mutants and replace them with the Inhumans, uh, who, let's face it, kind of suck. Yep. Yep. Uh, Terrigan Mist and all that bullshit, you know. Thank I, God that's no longer a thing. Yeah, yeah we did. We should never... Have had to sit through people waiting to get their powers from a fucking fart cloud. Yeah, for, for people who weren't keeping up with the Marvel universe for a little while, there was a period of time there where it was just it, it was very clear that Disney was trying to make plans. Yeah, uh, by replacing the X Men with the Inhumans in kind of pop culture, which is <laughs> never going to happen. As hard as they tried, it was never going to happen, and it was it was I think uh, across oh most comic book fans, it was it was seen as a, a failure, <laughs> a complete it, it, failure. It, yes, and they the two are not analogous no, at and, all, and they I think they alienated a lot of their fans by doing that. But now that they've gotten the rights back from Fox, suddenly they're developing <laughs> big plans for everybody and bringing everybody back into the limelight. So, uh, yeah. Convenient plots, devices aside, uh, uh, sounds like it's going pretty well. So, yeah. So, you remember that whole uh, thing where we literally poured in 
virtually unbreakable metal all over the guy who has virtually unbreakable metal coating his bones. Oh, yes. Yeah, fuck that. Ah! <laughs> oh, uh, you remember how uh, we killed Cyclops with a fart cloud? <laughs> hey. And then brought him back from said fart cloud only to watch him die again <laughs> in the hands of the person who keeps bringing him back right after they die as well? If it's good enough for Green Lantern, it's good enough for Cyclops, Okay. <laughs> Let's just calm down with all this fart cloud nonsense. <laughs> uh, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> oh. So, generally, going well. Uh, going well. Uh, things with cable are a little weird mm. because uh, everyone's uh, version of cable that we've gotten to know and watch grow and, you know kind of gradually adjust to how wacky shit is around him generally. Yep. Killed by himself from the future past future. <laughs> this is a uh, young boy cable who's just got that one uh, weird skunk tuft up in front of his head. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. It, it, I'm pretty sure he's wearing uh, on top of his, you know, generic superhero getup. Yeah. Um here's well, here's one thing I've never understood about Cable. He served his purpose for the storyline where he's trying to prevent the awful apocalyptic future with the Sentinels and whatnot. Yeah. Why is he still hanging out in the past? Oh. Doesn't he have better shit to do? Oh, don't you know? Every time Cable goes back to the past to fix something, he makes shit worse. Every time. That is on theme. Literally every time. <laughs> it was like between uh, Cable and Bishop, I think they're the two of them are fighting for who can fuck up the past worse. And, you know, it's kind of a toss-up which one did it worse. Mm. Cable apparently did it so bad that the younger version of himself went to where the current version of... Cable was to shoot him in the head because he wasn't getting the job done. Now, what was that kind of a sci-fi thriller, Looper? Is that what I'm thinking of with Bruce Willis and uh, and Jason Gore, Gordon Levitt? Uh, yes, that's that's what that sounds like to me. Yeah, where they send yourself back as a hitman <laughs> to kill yourself. He literally loopered himself. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's pretty cool. That, that, <laughs> that's, or, or stupid, I don't know which. Uh, Probably both. We're we're still kind of figuring that out. But long story short, Cable not only came back as his younger self to kill his older self, but he then went out of his way to not only resurrect his dad again because not even Cable in character can stand the idea of his dad dying from a fucking fart cloud. Yeah, it's, that was a pretty rough. Yeah, that was a pretty rough. Story yeah, line that there. was pretty fucking bad. Yeah, it's pretty fucking bad. Yeah, I don't blame him. Yeah, yeah, yeah neither do I. No. Uh, yeah, it was bad. So it's like Vegeta being killed by you know Frieza or Android nineteen. 
Like, that's just embarrassing. Oh. Trunks had to go back into the past and prevent that <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> like, there is no way I'm going to let my dad die in the dumbest way possible. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically the thing that we're doing here. Yeah. It's like, even though his job is basically time cop, the one thing that he had to go back and fix was, like, how his dad died. It was like, we're not doing that. We are not fucking doing that. But what did he fuck up in the process? Oh, so there's this other version of Cable named Nate Gray who's fighting this uh, Legion who is kind of related to Charles Xavier. Mm. And there was a fight. Like Legion the character? Yeah. Mm, Interesting. Mm. Mm. Uh, Apparently, these two fought such a battle that... uh, all of the X-Men are gone. Whoa. Yeah, that's going to seem What really... did you do, yeah. Richard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> About that. It's going to seem a little weird realizing uh, what uh, some of our comic book lineups for this week are going to be. Mm. Stay it, tuned. Yeah. Even when you kill the X-Men, the X-Men are still around. It, 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 you can't get rid of them all. Yeah. There's a lot of them. And they just keep making more. They do, yeah. They just, they like having sex, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) And then they 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 cross timelines and they multiply themselves. And it's just, it's a whole thing. And that's before getting to multiple man. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else you've been catching up on or reading? Uh, Hmm. What else have I been reading? Uh, really, that's only been it. Uh, apart from that, I've been catching myself up on canceled Marvel Netflix shows, <gasps> like The Punisher Season 2, <gasps> which has been a chore for, like, the first seven episodes. Aww. I've heard such good things about the first season. Again. Oh. I watched a little bit of Daredevil, and then I'm like, fuck this. I got shit to do. There's too <laughs> many of these shows. It, I can't it, keep up. It's a lot. It's a lot. But now you have all the time in the world to catch up because they're canceled. Yeah. I only have to uh, edit two shows, <laughs> go to my 40-plus uh, hour a week job, and yeah, and spread the blood of the innocent. What? What the? <laughs> <laughs> Shush. Sorry. Company secrets. Yes. <laughs> Um, so, I'm guessing, uh, you're not too hot on that second season there, at least so far. It, okay, they have some interesting ideas, but it was all in the execution, and man, if first, if the first season was all about, man, Punisher's family died, like, they're really dead, like I can't get over how dead they are. Oh, really dead. Yeah, they're really extra dead. They're really they're, they're With the du- side of dead. They're double dead. Double triple dead. We gave you a doggy bag of dead to oh. take home with you. Oh man. Real dead. <sighs> so dead. But yeah. Uh <laughs> season 2 is all about um I'm trying to move on and not be the punisher. I, I'm I'm still the Punisher. Yeah, you gotta be the Punisher. Not, At that point, yeah, there's no turning back. Like I, you're I, the Punisher. Not only have, own it. Not only am I the Punisher. I've been the Punisher this whole time, 
It's just that someone kind of gave me an excuse. Now go hunt down Spider-Man and your white disco boots. <laughs> it's what everybody wants. Give the people what they want. If I can't get a shot of Spider-Man, I want someone to give me pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, please, could someone just give me Marvel Cinematic Universe Jameson? That's all I want. It's <laughs> literally all I want. <laughs> Just a show about him. Uh, Just it, him. Yes. I call it The Bugle. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just call it Jameson and make a drinking game out of it. I, Every I, time he shouts, bring me pictures of Spider-Man. Take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. You know what would happen? People would die. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Either that Not or, my problem. Either that or you just you make that the opening of the show because <laughs> you know that's what people want. And then people stay because uh, I already turned it on. <laughs> uh, well, I've been doing a lot of catching up myself. Oh. Um, as previously stated on episode 38, I have been catching up on the new age of DC heroes so I can give you a full review of uh, DC's kind of program to... Bring about new characters, bring about more diverse characters, bring about uh, some new kind of themes and mantras into the DC universe uh, to kind of freshen up the kind of old and tired, um, I guess, canon that we've been dealing with. You mean Uh, all the uh, fresh off of the Dark Knight's Metal? Fresh off of Dark Dark Knight's Metal, unfortunately. (laughs) It sucks that Dark Knight's Metal is the basis for so much of it, because yep. it's kind of dumb. the The Dark Universe thing isn't too bad, but it's it's everything that was surrounding that story that made it very dumb. And now it's just a convenient excuse to give everybody we want superpowers uh, and rip it, off Marvel characters. <laughs> the way but, that we did that was making stories where it was Batman's all the way down. Yeah, there's a lot of Batmans. A lot of Batmans. A lot of Batmans. Even Joker's a Batman. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) um, if you get off on seeing different versions of uh, pointy-eared characters with bat symbols on their chest, well, this is for you. You Make them fast, make them wet, make make them real funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a whole lot of bits. Yep. Um, but there have been a lot of good books, a lot of good writing, and a lot of good artwork throughout this new age of DC Heroes. Um, I think last time I talked a lot about uh, Sideways, which is an unfortunate name for a very good book uh, that had great art, uh, had cool characters, uh, particularly the Fuganaut who is apparently kind of the police officer of the interdimensional travel, this giant kind of hulking titan thing that fights off creatures from the dark universe and maintains balance. Oh, you mean that that, uh, space and time cop that shows up to tell uh, totally not Peter Parker, stop. That's exactly who I'm talking about. (laughs) That guy. Okay. He actually has one of the coolest character dynamics throughout the storyline so far unfortunately a lot of these books have been discontinued or canceled um i think the only exception is silencer which is is a really good book which i will get to um the uh, sideways was was 
really solid from beginning to end. Uh, there were some issues in there where you're like, what is going on? And then Grant Morrison joined for the annual, and then you're like, okay, really, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> uh, but that's Every just, time. That's just Grant Morrison for you. Every time with him. Um, but generally speaking, the dialogue was great. The writing was great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the other one previously was uh, The Curse of Brimstone. Which is another book that was really solid. It got a little comic booky, you know, like uh, Monster of the Weekish, you know, every once in a while. As you do. But it was a really solid book with a really solid concept and really interesting and deep characters that I think were well fleshed out. Uh, this time I got to Silencer and the Terrifics, so those two books are all caught up. I am not catching up on damage. That book sucks. I'm just, uh, <laughs> oh, come on. It has major legit in you, it. You, oh, my God. <laughs> major legit. Uh, yeah. If you want a uh, Hulk that takes Viagra and only lasts for an hour, that's damage. It's a it's a really bad Hulk ripoff. Sorry. Um, uh, yeah, if you experience things like turning into hulk for more than four hours uh please start to actually fight things for long periods of time yep yep you gotta work that thing out like rub it out get rid of it uh, someone get a needle and drain it <laughs> gross uh, but that's uh, what you have to do yeah the first one i i knocked out last week was the silencer i knocked that out from beginning to the the current issue um the first few issues are really hard to read um, because John Romita's art artwork is John Romita Jr. I should specify. Uh, yes, Jr. Senior was a well-established kind of legendary artist, whereas Jr. is more kind of I don't want to be mean, but he, he seems to be kind of riding the coattails of his father. He does have his own unique style that is applicable to certain books, kind of like Kick Ass and stuff like that. Um, specifically Hit Girl, but um, his style is really rough to read sometimes, especially for books that are meant to be serious, because he everything is a box. The colors are not blended hard, very well. Hard angles yep, everywhere. It's, it's really hard to make out who the fuck is who, and the, it's not very visually fun to look at. It's just a lot of a lot of boxes. Box, yep. box everything, straight lines everywhere. It's, it's just, boxes all the way down. It's, it was that part of it was hard to read. The, the the expressions aren't very well expressed just because of that. You know, it's you can only make so many expressions with a straight line. Yeah. Um, but the writing uh, was really good. Um, Dan Abnett was uh, spearheading this book, and then um, Victor Bogdanovic. Uh, hopefully I pronounced your last name right. Sorry if I didn't. Uh, Bogdanovic came in to replace John Romita Jr. a few issues in. Well, you know, may maybe it's because of time. Maybe it's because of a poor reception on the art side of things. Who knows? Um, but the book drastically improved artistically once he came in for me as a reader. Um, I very much prefer uh, Victor's style, and it was very expressive, uh, very well done. Uh, I could tell which characters were which. There's some really great shots and panels uh, featuring incidents between Silencer and Talia Ghoul and Deathstroke and just real a really solid cast of characters. Her family, it just a really cool dynamic that was really enjoyable uh, for Dan Abnett's run so far. And Dan Abnett is very quickly becoming my new favorite writer amongst the DC pantheon. 
Um, he's not new. He's been doing it for a while. Oh, yeah. Recently, he's been on a tear. Last year, my favorite book of the year was the, his Aquaman run. Uh, specifically, once he started working with Stepan Sajic. Just excellent. Just just excellent. Um, Dan Abnett is doing great work with every character he touches. Oh, yeah. Silencer being one of them. And this is this is an, an example of diversifying your cast, adding uh, great core new characters to your pantheon in, the, in a good way. There's a reason why Silencer is the only one not being canceled or discontinued, and it's because it's a great book. Great, yeah. There's great writing, great character development. Um, it's great. a book good enough to stand on its own. Yep, it stands in the canon by itself really well. It seems to be kind of building up to the big uh, Leviathan event that's supposedly coming down the, the pipeline here. Um, and it, obviously working with Talia Agul, it's a bunch of events concerning Leviathan directly. Right. Because um, Talia Agul's kind of a big deal. Yeah, she kind of runs it, so. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it, it was a really great book so far. Uh, really love the dynamic with the different bosses that were kind of at war with each other. Talia Agul, Silencer being pulled back into the thing, it, it, the war, even though she wanted nothing to do with it anymore, and she was long retired and had a, established a family and whatnot. And uh, it was... Just really solid writing, really solid artwork from beginning to end, and I'm still enjoying it. Um, I'm, I'm not the very last issue I read. I wasn't a big fan of its direction, but um, I will still be reading it because it's it, it's a great character, great story dynamic, great supporting cast, great dialogue. What's not to love? Uh, the next book I've been reading is the Terrifics. Which is a very self-aware ripoff of the Fantastic Four, um, <laughs> featuring Mister Terrific, which is kind of a play on Mister Fantastic. Fantastic. Yep, Mister Bombastic, <laughs> Mister Loba Loba. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it's a really good book. It's a really really good book, and it's oh legit. It likes, major legit. Yes, like Silencer. <laughs> it is actually one of my favorite books in the DC canon right now. Oh. Uh, I'm telling you folks, don't don't read the main canon books. They kind of suck right now. Yeah. Where the real quality is is in these new era of DC books, the exception being Damage and the ones I haven't read yet. So I can't I can't tell you about the ones I haven't read, but Damage is is bad. Um but <laughs> Curse of Brimstone, great if you love the supernatural aspect of the DC universe. Um, a little bit ghost rattery, but it's forgivable. Yeah. It does have a little bit of a Monster of the Week vibe, but it works because the characters are fleshed out so well. Okay. Um, <clears throat> sideways, terrible name. <laughs> a little bit of a Spider-Man ripoff. I mean, there's like, a, there's a very there's an Uncle Ben moment in the book. There's because of course there is. Yeah, there's a whole responsibility of your powers dynamic dialogue going on throughout the book. It's very much a Peter Parker Spider-Man type of book, just with Nightcrawler's powers, basically. Yeah. Um. But again, really great writing, really great artwork, really enjoying it. Um, Silencer. This one is probably the one that's not really a ripoff i mean maybe you can say it's kind of similar to you know black widow but i don't even think that's true because she no, she she yeah. actually has powers that right. are bestowed upon her um by her her nano suit and by uh, something she had prior to being drafted into um the kind of al ghul family shenanigans yeah. like if anything she'd be closer to uh honestly a john wick 
Yeah. Only, you know. With superpowers. With superpowers. Like actual superpowers. Yeah. Beyond being, you know, yeah. a badass. But all of her family is intact. Yeah. And it's. Don't, don't you kill that family. I swear to it, God, don't you is, do it. It is excellent. <laughs> the Terrifics is another book. This this book is, this one is the one that probably most unabashedly rips off a Marvel property. <laughs> and it knows it. And it knows it, and it announces it to you. I mean, they <laughs> they put things and jokes in there that are clearly meant to wink at the audience, be like, we're very aware of what we're doing. You love it anyway. <laughs> it's like, yeah. do you get it? <laughs> now, this is, a, this is a new superhero team that's formed by uh, Mr. Terrific, Metamorpho, uh, Plastic Man, a new character. I think her name is Ghost Girl. I I I only know her by her actual name, but I I think I'm pretty sure they call her Ghost Girl or Phantom Girl, something like that. Um, so wait, you mean to tell me that there is a four person team starring a stretchy guy? Yep. A big bruiser. Yep. A lady who kind of goes invisible. Yep. And the really smart guy. The really smart guy. Okay, yeah, we're switching out the we're switching out <laughs> hot for smart. We're switching out hot for smart. This is how we're different. Again, they're very aware of all these things. Okay. Very aware. Okay. It's very much <laughs> announced to the audience. I mean, the I think the first or second issue, you see a big cosmic dark universe <laughs> version of Galactus. There's this book has its oh own God. its own Galactus. It has its own um you know, alien worlds and space travel. It has the whole four person character dynamic where each of them has their own problems that they're dealing with. That is actually interesting and fun to read. Okay. There's a character that is basically uh well I'll tell you his name, and you just take a guess at who you think he is. Okay. His name is Dr. Dread. Wait, what? <laughs> Dr. Dread. He wears a metal mask. Dr. Dread? He, he wears a metal mask? Oh, does yeah. He, does he wear a cloak over it? Oh, he does. He does. I want to say that he's copying Namor the Submariner. Almost. <laughs> uh, clearly, he's Doctor Doom, but clearly in a red cloak instead of a green cloak. And he's a doctor after and all. I won't spoil it, but in the latest issues, it's revealed who he is, and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's hilarious and awesome, and I fucking love it. Uh, okay, how do these people get doctorates? <laughs> <laughs> Who hands these out? It's amazing. Oh my god! It's, okay, it's really, really okay, good. I'm actually going to read this book because, if, yeah, my god, yeah. If you want a book that is very self aware, very fun, uh, doesn't take anything too seriously, but still has great character depth, pick up the Terrifics. It is a really solid, really great book. All of the characters are great in it. There's not a weak character in the bunch, and it's just. It's great from start to finish. I, I'm I, I okay. I wish it wasn't one of the ones that's discontinued because it is so excellent. If I had to choose, you know, two books, it would be Silencer and The Terrifics. Oh my god! And, the, and maybe it's recency bias. I really enjoyed Sideways. I, I really enjoyed Curse of Brimstone. But those two books <laughs> are bringing the fucking heat, and I love it. I love it. And whoa, 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 whoa! You can't say bringing the heat. They don't have a. F- flamer on that team <laughs> that's true although they have a guy that can create flames 
because he's a chemical elemental guy that can uh, obviously create fire, as you can see oh, in the picture he, of the okay, first cover he, there. He can be fire and rock. Oh, yeah. It's like they mixed a character. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Metamorpho has I'm never bored. been more interesting. There's a part of the book towards the, the, the end of the uh, writing stretch there where it's just he has never been more interesting to me. And the choices he makes are really cool and interesting. You see it coming yeah. uh, at the end there, but it's really interesting how they approach it. Okay. Plastic Man, he's been out of commission for a long time in the DC <laughs> Universe. He was literally a fucking egg, like a, a cosmic egg. Because, and then they explained it away saying, oh, it was the Dark Universe's doing. We what really happened is probably they thought they had a story there, and then they didn't have a story there, and they're like, fuck, let's just leave him. No one cares. <laughs> he actually has a really cool dynamic because he's been gone for so long. Yeah. Uh, where he finds his, you know, his wife and his child, and he has yeah. to kind of try to make up for lost time, if they'll let him. And uh, ah. his son also has powers, ah. and it becomes very, very interesting and oh very, very God. cool and very, very deep. I have never loved Mr. Terrific as much as I do in this book. He has <laughs> never been more deep, more centered, uh, and, and more, I'd say, emotionally uh, what I, anchored. Ooh. He is excellent oh, in this book. okay. And even the new edition, the Phantom Girl, she's... She's really interesting once you get to know her backstory and stuff. And she has kind of a cool power. You know, she's she in the normal universe, she, you know, phases through things and whatnot. And she's not inv invisible, but she's basically she can pass through objects and whatnot. Right. But if she becomes solid in the normal universe, shit explodes. Oh, legit? Yeah. And they, and they, they make up a name for it because Plastic Man likes to name everything and everybody. So Plastic Man. Of course. Yeah. Being the comical character he is, uh, he names it her phantom touch. And basically, if she touches something, eh, you go kablooey. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's excellent okay. book uh, being written by uh, Jeff Lemire. And uh, the art is being done by Joe Prado and even Reese. So really great job by you guys. It's, I'd say, oh, man, it's hard for me to choose between Silencer and Terrifics. But I, I really like the Terrifics. It's a really <laughs> great book. <laughs> and I wish it was still going because I really enjoy it. And I wish more people would have picked it up because, you know, even though most of these characters aren't new, they're characters that have been kind of overlooked and kind of forgotten about. Uh, right. Mr. Terrific, he has a goofy name. So, of course, people are going <laughs> to skip over him. But he's a really cool, interesting character. And he fits the kind of, you know, initiative of diversifying the staff and kind of giving, you know, uh, some kind of support for the 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 characters that have been overlooked because of a goofy name or poor writing or whatever the case may be that are diverse and are really interesting and sh really should be fleshed out and uh, Jeff Lemire is doing a great job okay. and then you know Metamorpho and Plastic Man obviously very much overlooked <laughs> I mean one was fucking uh, a fucking egg for <laughs> well, like five or six years yeah yeah so it's it's really great please do yourself a favor and pick up these two books they're really great if you have even the, the smallest amount of knowledge about the DC universe, you will really, really enjoy these books. Um, and really, the terrifics, you don't even need that much base knowledge because you kind of learn about the characters as you go. Because let's face it, they weren't really fleshed out before this, at least not very well. Yeah, and not really. Now they're getting fleshed out, and it's it's wonderful. So that's what I've been reading. I know I went on a big uh, tangent there, but... <laughs> 
They were really good books, and I think they deserve all the credit in the world. You you have sold me on the Terrifics. Yeah, really great book. If you love Fantastic Four, you'll really get a kick out of this book. If you like the DC Universe, you'll really get a kick out of this book. Just, <laughs> it, you really can't lose. Pick up this book. Yeah. Now, uh, we don't have a did the content match the drapes this week. We did not pick up uh, the, the books that won uh, the previous episode yet. We're catching up again. Uh, yep. One was... Uh, Tony Stark, Iron Man, number eight, I believe. And then one was Green Arrow. And I, th- I think that one was in the 30s. Uh, be sure to check out our uh, favorite covers of 2019. If you go to htbvids.com forward slash 2019, you can see all the comic covers that we really enjoyed uh, so far this year. If you type in 2018 or 2017, you can see our previous choices as well. Um, or you can check out the previous episode. That always helps us out. So oh, yeah. go ahead and give that a watch if you want to see uh, what we chose for last week. Um but they were really great covers. We really, really, really loved them. Oh, um, yeah. And we will be getting around to reading those books. First up, McFarlane Toys has landed a three-year deal with DC Comics to develop a line of 6-inch and 12-inch statues and toys. Although no specifics have been announced, um, I think it's great. Uh, I'm not a big toy collector or statue collector. If I had more money and more space and nice display cases... You know, maybe I'd get a statue or two here. Yeah. Um, but I know people really love this stuff, and McFarlane Toys is outstanding. Oh, they, they yeah. They have great design. They have great production. Uh, if you follow um, uh, McFarlane on on Facebook, you can see all the stuff he's working on, and so you can kind of get a sneak peek of what he's he's going to be making for DC. Um, and every day he's posting something that's really cool and really interesting. And if I had the money and the space and the time, I would probably be investing heavily in this stuff. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's 3d art. It's what it is. It's physical 3d art. And if it's done well, and it isn't some mass produced nonsense that just, you know, is there to make a quick buck, you can, you can have something that's really valuable and really collectible and really interesting to look at. So, uh, congratulations to, uh, McFarlane there and uh, your toy company, at least the toy side of your business. I really look forward to seeing what happens with that. He's he's going to be busy. He's working on a Spawn book. He's working on a Spawn movie. And now he's got you know his toy line coming up with uh, DC Comics. Added to the list. Yep. Next up on the news, uh, from Newsarama. We use Newsarama a lot for our news sources, so thank you, Newsarama. You guys have consistently good, coherent articles, unlike some other comic book news sites that are very famous on the internet. Uh, a lot of these come from Chris Arendt and George Marston. I don't know if you got more people on staff, but those two seem to be the most frequent appearances uh, on the website. So this one's from Chris Arendt. The Red Sonja movie adaptation spearheaded by Brian Singer and Millennium Films has been officially canceled. Shooting was set to begin later this year in Bulgaria. Um, do you care? <laughs> Uh, I, while I'm not personally one to seek out boob comics uh, for... <laughs> Which, um, unfortunately, Red Sonja often is. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Dynamite. Thank you, Dynamite, for that. Uh, yeah, I, I have no reason to care about this character or this movie. Although, I can say they probably got rid of Brian Singer the second that he proposed putting her in black leather. Yeah, it's a, it's a problem. <laughs> I, I get it. He's probably trying to make her less uh, <laughs> boobalicious <laughs> if he was trying to put her in a black jet suit. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, <sighs> 
Okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, I'm sure he's got plenty of other things to worry about currently in his life. Yeah. Now, I will say this. Red Sonia had a really good comic run. She's had several, but um, there have been some uh, very solid comic book runs with Red Sonia. The most recent one I can remember is uh, Gail Simone's run on Red Sonia, which was, I think, pretty widely uh, applauded as a great and interesting take on Red Sonia's character. Uh, I, I, I'm not, I haven't kept up with Red Sonia in recent years, so I have no idea if it's fallen off a cliff or if it's gone back to its boobalicious ways. It's <laughs> by the covers, it seems like that's probably the case in the variant covers, but who knows? Um, again, judging a book by its cover, it's very uh, attractive <laughs> uh, and salacious cover, but uh, a cover nonetheless. Yeah. But there, I think there is something to be had there. I mean, if you can make a Conan the Barbarian movie twice, <laughs> you can probably make a really good Red Sonja movie, and I'm all about it, if it's executed well. Uh... And let's face it, there's not a big risk if you fail, because Red Sonja is not like this big, huge, you know, worldwide phenomenon like batman or superman or x-men you know it's yeah it's just a book in today's current uh political climate i feel like the the concept of red sonia might be a hard sell depending entirely on her attire yeah and, and maybe that's the case but i think after watching her fucking slay a bunch of huge muscled barbarian men they'll be like all right <laughs> i'm pretty sure she's the becky lynch of comic books all right uh, that this she, is she a, can be fucking awesome yeah th- if written well yeah that that i think is exactly what it would need to work is like it has to be written well and if you're going to stay true to the uh, original design which Marvel went way out of its way to make that uh, something acceptable to do. Um, it, yeah, sell it by having a teaser where she shows up in, like, basically scale male bikini and just wantonly murders a village. Yeah, and I mean, you don't have to have the scale male bikini to make an interesting Red Sonja movie, let's face it. But probably all don't of need the a blo- fans. All of them. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. All of the fans who would immediately out themselves for being Red Sonia readers. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I've read Red Sonia. It's had some really good story arcs, uh, but it, there's a it, certain it, connotation it, that you have to yeah, absorb it, with it, that. It, it has boobs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up on the news, this one coming from George Marston again on Newsarama. Five new adult-oriented Marvel Hulu shows have been announced. Spearheaded by Kevin Smith and Aqua Teen Hunger Force co-creator Dave Willis, the show is slated uh, for Howard the Duck, Modoc, The Dazzler and Tigra Show, Hitmonkey, and a show about the collected characters called The Offenders. No <laughs> premiere dates have been released. So clearly it's going to be a comedy series of shows. <laughs> and uh, Wait a minute. It's the most Kevin Smith thing I've ever heard. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, you mean to tell me that uh, gets blazed all the time Kevin Smith. Yep, we love him. And one of the co-creators behind Aqua Teen Hunger Force. That's correct. Yeah, y- yeah. Uh, they're doing 
Howard the Duck. Yes. Modoc. Yes. The Dazzler and Tigra show. How is this possible? And Hit Monkey. Oh, yeah. And then, because we like to team things up Avengers, Defenders, Justice League. Yeah. The Offenders. The Offenders. Oh, (laughs) my God. So, uh, again, all this stuff has just been announced. It's it's in the process of being developed and planned. I assume we're not going to see these things for a while yet. I don't know if they're going to be live action or animated, but I assume if it's adult-oriented, it'll probably be live action. How high do you even have to be to announce not one, not two, not three five, or four, but five, five, five. The fifth one being, let's take the first four and make them all kiss. Check or- it out, Indigo Montoya. Only five. <laughs> Only five. <laughs> Only five. Good. God. Uh, okay. Modoc. Modoc is a face. <laughs> He's, a, He's a face He's with a- baby arms and baby legs attached. Who floats. <laughs> Who floats. And yeah, I get it. The acronym is... Uh, Mental organism designed only for killing. I don't give a fuck. Anyone who looks at that character knows exactly what that is. That is an excuse <laughs> to draw a big ass face with limbs coming out of it. Oh, don't yeah. like at oh, yeah. me, bitch. Fight me. I know what the fuck that is. It's like the Deadpool movie where he's got the little tiny legs. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, but attached to a giant head. Oh no! It's gonna be amazing. Or completely terrible. Who knows? But it's coming to Hulu, so check that out. Look, all I want is for Howard the Duck to watch the Mighty Ducks movie and then ask, but where are the ducks at? (laughs) Speaking of ducks, there may or may not be a Dr. Dread Duck appearance somewhere in a book I mentioned earlier. Check it out! Oh, God, that made me want to fly south. It's amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) Okay. Okay. We have to move on because I... I, Either we move on now or I talk for an hour about Dr. Dread. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, my God. Literally, while I was reading the terrifics, I kept having to screenshot shit and send it to Emery. (laughs) Because I was, my mind was so blown. It's excellent. If you could see the words forming in my mind, or one word, how? (laughs) How? It's great. It's the best thing to come out of the whole Dark Knight's Metal thing. The whole thing. The whole thing. Dr. Dread. Worth it. Dr. Dread. Excuse you. (laughs) Quack. Uh, It's amazing. Read the book. Yeah, fucking quacker of doom. Oh, um, I can't use doom. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? No, I oh, never said uh, that. What? Uh, yep, no. Dread. 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 Mm. The quack of dread. Uh, next up from Newsarama, uh, another Chris Aaron article. Black Panther has won two Grammys. Uh, the two Grammys uh, were for best score soundtrack for visual media and the best rap performance for the song King's Dead which was a joint effort from Kendrick Lamar, Future, J-Rock, and James Blake. So 
Black Panther's been on a tear winning awards from uh, Golden Globes and uh, AARP, which is weird, but uh, <laughs> I didn't even know they had movie awards, but they do. Yeah, um, apparently. <laughs> uh, Screen Actors Guild, all that stuff, and the Oscars are right around the corner, so we'll see. Will it be the first major superhero movie to win Best Picture? Yeah, probably not, but it'd be cool if it was, although, let's face it, Dark Knight got shafted. <laughs> they only gave it to Heath Ledger, which again, phenomenal performance. This, the even if he hadn't died, it would have been the performance of his career. Oh yeah. But let's face it, that was the best movie that fucking year. It was. I don't even know what one is probably like Slumdog Millionaire or something. Probably. That movie sucks. <laughs> the Dark Knight was a fucking like generational movie. Oh yeah. That should have won, and it's just because it was a superhero movie in an era before Marvel got real big and respectable. That came out the same year as Iron Man. Yep. Good God. Yep, that was a great year. That movie is 10 years old. Fuck yeah, and it was oh. excellent. Uh, yes, it oh, it deserves so much more. So, it really did. We'll see what happens. Uh, if you want to know our thoughts on Black Panther, you can feel free to check uh, out our review. I think I've... Uh, you know, I I like spoiler. I like the movie. Who would have guessed? I think pretty much everybody likes that movie. Yeah, but I did have some like minor complaints about it. In the end, I think I softened quite a bit on it. It's a fucking great movie. It, it, it's enjoyable from beginning to end. There's some ironies in it. There's some fun, hilarious, kind of funny, neat stuff in it. Uh, <laughs> but it it's a good movie. It deserves. It, it's very enjoyable. Uh, there might be a couple of parts that are like hard to parse out because uh, someone dressed completely black uh, fighting around at night. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of hard to make out what they're doing. Uh, it's, again, my biggest gripe, yeah. only because like this is a visual medium. I'm supposed to see what's happening. I think my biggest complaint is they needed a white savior at the end anyway. We we still could, even even in probably the most proud black movie ever, we still couldn't break the mold. We had to have a white American savior at the end. Oh, Bill For, Baggins's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, again, yep. I'm uh, just I'm just joking. Not, yep. Don't take it seriously. It was a great movie, yep. and it's probably one of the best Marvel movies in the canon right now. Um, it, it, definitely it, top five for me. So yeah. Really looking forward to that uh, live-action redo of Lion King. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Yep. I'm guessing not well. Uh, ooh. How, do you like any, like, really like any of the live-action Disney films so far? I have been really, <laughs> I have been really <laughs> underwhelmed uh, so far. Jungle yeah. Book was probably the best one to me, and I, even that one, I was like, eh, it's, fu- it's fine. Yeah, it was stretching it. It, was fine. it, it gets points for the uh, Christopher Walken yeah. And the fucking cowbell reference scene from around the world. Yeah, that's pretty um, good. But, yeah, they're all terribly underwhelming. Yeah. And also, I would rather just have new, like, true animated films. You it, know, like, yeah. the, the pen, pencil to paper animation. Yeah. Like, we got all the Pixar films, which are fine. But I feel like this generation of children are kind of missing out on kind of the 
oh they are the magic of the true animated films like the lion king and aladdin and you know mulan and you know all that stuff that came you know and during our childhoods and you oh, know, yeah this, well, obviously like, that stuff's still available it's still around but disney does this whole vault thing so you can't really buy the movies all the time yeah, and it's, it's like just, we're putting it back in the vault go and, watch our new live action version yeah, and of there's, it there's some problems with like the real old ones like dumbo and you know there's there's some issues that uh, <laughs> clearly are not acceptable anymore so, in a some, lot of these movies. So, some things that they would much rather be swept under the rug. Yeah, I think this generation deserves some really solid animated films. Uh, yeah, that I, I just I don't think the market's being served, and they're making all these fucking cash in live action adaptations of classic movies. I don't. I don't think kids want to see that. I think kids want to see animation, like true like, high quality, you know, high investment, high reward animation. Like legit. The true, the true Disney style, in my opinion. You know, Pixar is great, you know, but uh, I can only watch Toy Story so many times. I can only watch, I can only hear the Frozen song so many times before I want to sh- blow my brains out. Like, it's, Tangled is good. You know, like, these movies are good. But I think this generation is just missing out on a really cool dynamic and a cool form of media that is underserved right now. I mean, the last one we had was The Princess and the Frog, right? Yeah. I think that's the last that one. The, that was the last one and, of note. And That wasn't like a direct-to-DVD yeah, or that was, Blu-ray type that deal. That was several years ago, maybe maybe a decade ago. I don't, I'm not sure. I'll it, have to look it, that up. But. It's been quite some time. And it, the... You know, time gap between that and the previous one was is huge. I think the one before that was Mulan, maybe the first like actual theater one. Yeah, God, it's, oh, it, it's like, just been underserved. I yeah. think uh, Disney, you got the funds, you got the resources, you got the talent. You do just use it, use it for good. Don't Please? use it for live action adaptations of things we've already seen and don't need more of. We don't need or the fucking Will Smith as the genie. Okay, he's not going to replace Robin Williams' portrayal, you know. Just bring us new stuff. We don't need to see Will Smith as a big blue blueberry. Uh, it's, just, <laughs> it's just not It's not going to work, okay? The movie's dead on arrival. Oh, it's so dead. It's, it's, it's dead it on arrival. So, it looks so bad. Yeah. I love Will Smith, but that's not the role for you, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, dude. I would much rather you be dead shot again. And he will be. And of course he will be. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's just a just a small, you know, small little rant there. Come on, yeah. Disney, give us some real animation. Give us some new stories. Put the pen to the paper like you used to, man. Come yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. It's just, just my feeling. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Next up on the news, this one from George Marston on uh, Newsarama. An Aquaman spinoff movie titled The Trench is in development. Uh, It will not feature any of the primary Aquaman characters and will be a horror-based film. So I just thought this was kind of interesting, you know, A, that DC would announce this, but if they're going to follow the kind of new kind of reset of the DCU where they are kind of taking bigger risks and going for a solo Joker movie that's not the Jared Leto Joker, Yeah, they kind of interesting take on joker that we're getting from joaquin phoenix and i'm all about this like why not why wouldn't this work like 
have a new interesting story with some characters that are clearly underserved. Yeah. And let's face it, the trench monsters are fucking terrifying if used properly. I mean, one of the best scenes from the Aquaman movie, minor spoiler here, is when they encounter the trench monsters. And that's when James Wan was at his best because he's a horror director. Yeah. And it was a really cool, interesting, visually stunning scene. And I think there could be a lot of content there if it's used properly and the proper amount of not money investment, but talent investment is associated with the project, specifically in the writing side of things. Yeah. God, <laughs> that that would be like uh, Sony making a Carnage movie with no venom. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> there's obviously an uphill battle there. Yeah, you know, people aren't going to recognize the trench and go to the you know and spend a billion dollars in China to see the trench. It's like, oh my god, ooh, what's the trench? Yeah. Like, what, what, what's going on here? But I think if they make a good trailer, which DC is the only thing that DC you know, movie studios is good at, is <laughs> <laughs> making a really solid trailer. Um, I think if they make a really good solid trailer, they promote it properly, they hire a good writing staff that'll you know, get good critical reception and kind of s- spread by word of mouth, I think you could have a really kind of low-key hit on your hands here, and I think it would be really interesting to see kind of a horror movie in the DCEU that isn't, you know, just big, dumb, punch and scream and shove ridiculous storylines into, you know, a live-action setting for three and a half hours. I think in order for this movie to work for me, there are two ways that this can go. You can either go... uh, like a early uh, Shyamalan movie where there's like some weird twist at the end. Like, oh my God, it was this thing all along. And, uh, you know, go that route. Or you could go the uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane route yeah. and make this movie seem like it's supposed to be something completely unrelated or separate. But then like right at the end is like, Oh my god, that's what this is? I think this is the kind of movie that really, in order for this movie to sell and to get, like, the test audiences to really, like, amp this up, you really have to, you have to not only bring something that no one's ever seen before, but this has got to be, like, the kind of surprise that, like, makes you want to, like, say, it's like, oh my god. You're not going to believe this thing. I can't tell you because it would ruin the movie, but you got to see it. Yeah, it's it's a calculated risk, I think, and it's it's encouraging for me as a fan. Yeah. You know, I've I've been begging DC to kind of, you know, <laughs> steer the ship in a different direction. It's clearly not working. <laughs> but they kept announcing more and more shit and they kept putting out these press releases about the two Joker movies and the three Suicide Squad movies and all the <laughs> bullshit that's going to ensue and the Birds of Prey movie that's going to star Harley Quinn. Why? <laughs> Why? No, Dabra. No, Dabra. No. Dabra. Dabra. No. Why? No. DC. No. 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 Oh, stop. You're Um, misusing your money, Deborah. uh, Yeah, so (laughs) it's encouraging for me. I have my fingers crossed that this is going to be something solid 
and something interesting that even if it's not a game changer, it's something worth pursuing, um, both as a fan and as a creator. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that one. Next up on the news, kind of a downer. We lost one this week. Colorist James Rochelle, best known for his tenure on Wildstorm and cross-gen comics, has passed away at the age of 48. Uh, her heart goes out to their families uh, and friends involved, uh, and we hope that the passing was easy and um, that everybody gets through it uh, healthy and well and uh, recovers well from it. So, sad news uh, from uh, a person who has done a lot of work in the industry and certainly will be missed. Jim Lee put out a nice kind of touching tweet about him. Um, so if you're interested, go ahead and check out uh, Jim Lee's Twitter page uh, to see that dialogue on there. I don't, I don't think I would do justice as a person that clearly didn't know him yeah. uh, to be reading Jim Lee's words as a person who did know him. So go ahead and check that out uh, if you so choose. And uh, perhaps... Uh, Give a little tribute to the man who uh, work has entertained us uh, throughout the years. Next up in the news, the full details of the upcoming Bruce Tim animated feature, uh, Justice League versus the Fatal Five, have been released. The movie will feature the character Starboy, which will be coming from a different universe, apparently. Interesting. Uh, and the movie will initially release to physical and digital retailers on March 30th, followed by another release in April. So, um, basically anything that Bruce Tim draws or works on, I'm going to watch. Now, recently that hasn't been a great thing. Uh, the whole Batman Harley Quinn movie was a little, uh, problematic. To say the least. Uh, but... I love the Bruce Tim universe. I love the Bruce Tim Justice League characters. I will watch anything he does. So I'm totally on board, and I'm going to watch it. Yep. Uh, I don't think there's much more to say on that. Uh, but if that sounds interesting to you, by all means, check it out. And if you don't know who Bruce Tim is, he's the guy that is responsible for the designs and writing of uh, Batman the Animated Series and um, Superman the Animated Series and Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Basically, all of those kind of aesthetics and stories are primarily driven, although not exclusively driven, by uh, Bruce Timm's work. So, pretty cool. Be sure to check that out. Uh, next up on the news, this one coming from Newsarama's Chris Arendt, the Rob Liefeld comic, the webcomic, I should specify, Shrink, has been optioned for a movie by Sony, the comic focused on a psychiatrist for superheroes who herself was a retired superhero, and of course, shenanigans ensue. It was a pretty short run. It's a fun read. If you want to read it, it's pretty easily accessible on the internet. Um, it's basically what uh, Heroes in Crisis should have been. <laughs> you know? <sighs> Are you telling me that Rob Liefeld did it better? Than Tom King, <laughs> yes, that's absolutely what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Tom a, King, get a, out. With a webcomic. Oh, my God. <laughs> Again, love Tom King, but, man, you depress me. Mm. You, so much wasted potential sometimes. Just, come on, man. You're better than he, this. He's hurt me too deep. Ugh. He's we, hurt me. We don't need this much Harley Quinn. Just, just calm down. It's it's good. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> fine. The book is fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. Um... 
but yeah, that's it's, it's kind of interesting. I I hope they do what I was hoping Heroes in Crisis would be, <laughs> uh, but probably a little bit more lighthearted because the book is a little bit, or I should say, the web comic is a little bit more lighthearted. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm I'm kind of interested. I'm excited for. It. I think if they get the right people on the project, it'll be a really solid movie so yeah good job by sony finding something that's pretty interesting and something that you know most studios probably wouldn't even give a second glance to because it is just a webcomic um, from rob liefeld yep so no feet involved whatsoever <laughs> I, I was about to ask but you know i'm gonna show some restraint damn it liefeld <laughs> but no it's a good it's a good webcomic check it out uh next up on the news uh this one again from chris Herrant. Um, David F. Walker, best known for, uh, at least recently, for his work on popular characters Cyborg, Luke Cage, Shaft, uh, the book Bitter Root, uh, the DC book Naomi, and the Superb Comics, has created his own comic book company called Solid Comics. Its first comic, One Fall, is slated for release this spring. So, apparently he's taking a lot of his uh, personally owned characters uh, to this new company, Bitterroot, I think is one of his own properties. That one's currently published on Image, and I assume that's going to change very soon. Okay. Um, but he's a solid writer. He's worked on a lot of books. Uh, he's he seems to primarily write for kind of really popular uh, black characters and comic books, which is all cool. Uh, and you know, he's had some pretty good solid storylines and anybody, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, and anybody who can bring Shaft to life is great in my books. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> You're damn right. <laughs> Shaft. So oh, uh that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so uh congrats to David F. Walker. I hope uh your new business venture works out and I hope everybody picks up your books. Assuming they're good. Make sure they're good quality. That's all we ask. That's all. Yep. You know, just, just make them good. Uh, easy ass there, right? <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. Uh, it's like that, That's an easy thing to do, right? Next up on the news, um, this one coming from George Marston at Newsarama. ABC's female-led Marvel pilot project has been canceled. No details were given for the cancellation, but uh, this news comes via deadline. So... Um, ABC apparently picked up a handful of kind of lesser-known female characters from the Marvel Universe, and we're going to kind of have them star in their own show, um, kind of building off of what everything else they've been doing on ABC with, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, uh, was it, Betty Carter? Or Agent Carter? Yeah. Um, but, uh, unfortunately, we won't get to see what uh, was being produced. Again, no reason was given. Perhaps they just didn't feel like investing the money in it, or perhaps there just wasn't a good script or a good pilot, whatever the case may be. Or perhaps Marvel had plans for the movie universe, and they're like, hey, you can't use these characters you were going to use. Like, so, hey, what are you doing? That's also a possibility. So, um, yeah. If you were looking forward to that, it's a bummer for you, but uh, Marvel's doing a lot of good things, so I'm assuming you're not going to lose much. You're probably going to get something just as great on the back end of it. So, uh, next up on the news, Netflix has officially canceled Jessica Jones and the Punisher. This isn't really news. Everybody knew it was coming. They canceled Daredevil. They canceled Iron Fist. They canceled Defenders. And they were in the middle of releasing Jessica Jones and the Punisher. So, clearly, they didn't want to step on their own feet and pee in the wind. Uh, 
But now they've officially announced that, yes, the two shows are going away, as expected, because uh, Disney is a behemoth, and they're going to choke Netflix to death uh, in their conquering of the media empire. Oh, it, you know, can, cancel Iron Fist all you want. It's fine. I get it. There's, there's pretty much no talent there anyway. Uh, wow. Well, yeah, yeah, someone, it was it was bad. Someone's a little butthurt, but you, you, you got damn right. Uh, <laughs> cancel Luke Cage. Ugh, come on, man. It was just now getting good. Yeah. Like literally just with the second season. Yeah. Daredevil? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So it's understandable though that that they're releasing their new Disney Universe app, much like DC. Much like, you know, Hulu, Amazon, Netflix, you know, Disney has enough properties to clearly run their own version of Netflix and be just fucking fine. I'm sure I they mean, do, but the people that were doing these characters, the specifically the actors portraying these titular characters, they can't do it anymore because of stipulations in their contract. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a wasted opportunity, unfortunately. All the investment and all the kind of goodwill that's been earned with these characters in this Netflix universe is kind of being thrown in the garbage. It hurts. Much like uh, NBC with Constantine. (gasps) Hashtag save Constantine. (laughs) DC Universe, pick up the rights. Do whatever you got to do with NBC to get that show on your app. I have said it every episode so far. If you put Constantine with Matt Ryan... In that same universe and those same actors and same characters on the DC Universe streaming app, I will buy that app for both myself and Emery. I will buy two subscriptions to your DC streaming app. Get it done. You guys. You know what you need to do. You guys have Matt Ryan. You know why we're here. Playing Constantine. Hashtag save Constantine. On the CW shows. Fuck that. It, It. Do you realize what you've done? You have forced Matt Ryan into an angsty teen show to slum it. He's slumming it right now. He really is. Legends of Tomorrow, that's where you put him now? Legends of Tomorrow. Literally a team of outcasts. Streaming show. That no one wants. Fund it. Put it on. I will buy everything you're selling. I will go see Birds of Prey in exchange for you developing, producing, and giving me a Matt Ryan-led Constantine show based on the NBC show. Give it to me, and I will watch Birds of Prey starring Harley Quinn. Not only will he do it, I will do it, and then buy a subscription for myself and for Chris on top of the subscription that Chris bought for himself and for me. (laughs) Do it. it. Get it done. I swear to God. Get it done. DC. In the words of Daniel Bryan, change it! (laughs) Fickle! Stop playing chess against yourselves. You know what you need to do. (sighs) Just do it. Yeah, you know. Next up on the news, this one coming from Chris Aaron, Ted Newsarama. DC's upcoming Vertigo comedy comic called Second Coming, uh, written by Mark Russell and drawn by Richard Pace, has been canceled following a ridiculous online petition from citizengo.com demanding its cancellation calling the book inappropriate and blasphemous <laughs> the book was originally due for release in march 
Now, for those of you uh, unfamiliar, you can probably guess by the name, Second Coming. The book was a comedy book on the Vertigo line of DC, which has been known to write more adult humor slash, you know, mystery, drama, horror, whatever the case may be. Yeah. um, Under the kind of greater DC umbrella. And the book was supposed to be a comedy based on the description and whatnot, where Jesus has come back for his second coming, sees that his message has been very much uh, ignored in a lot of ways. Yeah. And he teams up with a kind of shitty version of Superman. (laughs) 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 Who's like, I think they call him the last son of Clefton or something (laughs) like that. It doesn't Uh, fucking matter what his name is. And he kind of, they form a tag team trying to kind of correct the kind of, uh, I guess, lesser than uh, uh, blessed world. (laughs) And it's clearly meant to be a tongue-in-cheek kind of like, ha-ha, silly type of book. Yeah, I thought that would be obvious. But I think the number I saw was like, 200,000 people, something like that worldwide. I didn't know that that many idiots cared that much about a comic book they haven't read. Went and signed a petition. Now, let's face it, Citizen Go is not the biggest platform in the world, but apparently they had (sighs) enough clout to make DC drop the project a month before release, which is ridiculous. The book's already made. Just release it. Um, As someone who actually believes the Bible... What's happening here is fucked up. It's stupid. <laughs> that it's, it's the stupid. dumbest shit it's a I've comedy. ever seen in my fucking life. Yeah. The, one, how in this day and age has it been acceptable to get a number of people together to basically silence someone mm-hmm. in a country mm-hmm. where freedom of speech and of expression is the very first right we wrote into yep. the Bill of Rights. And not in just any platform. Oh, my God. In art. In art. The most <laughs> the most expressive, emotional uh, uh, piece of creation that we have from our human hands. Like, what the fuck world is this yeah. that we're living in? If If you are a person who thinks that we should absolutely denounce you know these people that strap bombs to themselves and attack you know newspaper studios in France for drawing a picture or a caricature of Muhammad that that's what you're doing you're yeah. doing the artistic moral equivalent of that now are you taking a literal life no but people are threatening violence against these creators yeah for a joke book right let's calm down Clearly, you're in the wrong. And DC, I think it was, it's extremely cowardly by DC to fold on this book. Like, even if you have to, like, tone it down a little bit and, like, release it as a volume or whatever you got to do, don't just stomp on these creators who have been working tirelessly to create this book for you, you know, as this great creative project, like, and just shutter the doors on it because... An online petition that is probably mostly bots, you know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Said, I'm pretty sure like that eighty this percent is, of that is, is bots. This is inappropriate and blasphemous, and you're going to hell. Like, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. If you don't want to read it, you don't want to support it, then don't buy it. Yeah. What? The- okay. Uh, I'm gonna take a uh, Christian approach to this. 
and tell every single person watching, which if you are someone who signed this petition, I hope you watch this one day. Judge not, lest you be judged by your own fucking standard. Or even more uh, prone to showing you your own failings, the standard that you, as someone who believes Christ, the standard that you yourself are supposed to be held to, you hypocritical pieces of shit. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, you know <laughs> deciding that South Park should be taking off the air permanently because they make a character of Jesus in some of their episodes. Who cares? Who, Who the cares? fuck cares? If it offends you, don't watch it. Right. It's not for you. That's you're perfectly right. fine. If you if you're worried about your kids taking the wrong message from it, tell your kids what you want them to be taught. Yeah. Say, hey, don't watch it. Hey, don't buy it for your kid. Right. Like <laughs> there's easy there's easy workarounds for this that aren't morally corrupt and morally devoid. Right. You know, there's there ought to be there ought to be something that these people should be reading uh, about, you know, the importance of the freedom of choice. Yes. Guys, what yeah. the fuck? Like, I'm not going to get up in arms because somebody wants to write, you know, a more, you know, religious focused, you know, tr- you know, true story, you know, whatever. When I say true, I mean, you know, true to the book, you know, something like that. <laughs> like, I, that's fine. I don't care. We literally have a book called Lucifer. Yes. They're not forming petitions to stop Lucifer from being printed where you're supposed to root for Lucifer, Uh, the literal incarnation of Satan. Actually, I think there was a petition for the TV show. TV show, not the book. Not the book. This is a book. Right. That has no hopes of being a TV show. Probably. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but well, now that we got Modoc from Kevin Smith, maybe that's not true. But <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm just saying if Bible Man can be a thing, <laughs> uh, if Bible Man can be a thing and the Passion of the Christ can be a thing, I think if DC fucking uh, nuts up and shuts these idiots up and actually release Second Coming. There's a chance. You know what would happen if you didn't address it at all? Just ignored the fucking petition and just released it like normal? People would forget about it. They'd forget. It'd, just, it'd come out. Some people would enjoy it. Some people wouldn't. That'd be it. Yeah. Done. That's it. That's it. That's it. I don't... <laughs> God. <laughs> it's just, like it, 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 it pisses me off how little intestinal fortitude DC has shown in this move. And I, yeah. I I feel bad for the creators. You know, maybe maybe the the book was shitty from beginning to end and was going to be canceled in three or four issues anyway. But don't I, don't fold to a, an online petition from a handful of religious zealots that think that their you know inherent doctrine should justify how you express your freedom of speech. Right. I, it's just. I don't like it. I, I'm very ashamed of DC. I wish they hadn't done this. I wish they hadn't folded. If there was a logistical reason why they folded, fine. But say so. Clearly, this is not the case, and they're being mum about it for that reason. And now it's going to be a bigger problem than it would have been if they had just released the book. Because now everybody's up in arms about it. You know what makes me so pissed off about this whole thing? This could have been Vertigo's own... Maestros, if you will. Maestro is a great book. Starring 
Jesus of Nazareth. Yep. Instead the, like of God himself. Literally <laughs> the most famous person in human history, bar fucking none. 2,000 years later, give or take, I mean, people are still fucking talking about this guy. I mean, we had Prince. I don't, mm, you I, sure I, about I, that I, one? I, uh, look, oh. mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, okay. I'll say this. Purple Prince Rain, Purple Rain. Prince definitely gives Jesus of Nazareth a run for his money. Uh, Judas tried that too, and I'm you know the, the waters of Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, uh, where are you going to baptize me this time? In the waters of Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> Like if the Bible's to be believed, which I think it is, uh, if for some reason Jesus uh, comes back, I'm going to ask him to do that. (laughs) 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 It's like, I know you can do it. Lake Minnetonka, let's go. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's not a sin. Let's do it. a little indulgent but come on you're the son of god why not yeah just just a little dip (laughs) (laughs) it's like you dunk my head in the waters of lake minnetonka that i that will complete my entire existence oh man i miss Chappelle's show so good so good um but yeah people if you're getting up in arms about a comic book you you, clearly you have too much time in your hands clearly Find, find something better to do dc if you can't stand your ground on something as small as this and support your creators, what the why, fuck why are, are you, you guys even doing? In, why are you even in this business? It's it's embarrassing. Yeah, it, it makes me very disappointed in you, as an American, yeah, as a comic fan, as a DC fanboy. Like, it makes me it makes me very disappointed from top to bottom. And I wish you hadn't folded. I, I wish you just would have let this go, let it wash off your shoulder, and just marched on, done your own thing, you know. So, to each your own, but in my opinion, it was a very cowardly move by DC, and um, to the people that were petitioning it, you have every right to petition it and protest it if you want, but it's 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 kind of disgusting to expect artists, you know, to just completely fold on something as silly and simple as this, you know, and yeah, give up the right to free speech and expression. You know. Super disappointing. And I get it. It's a commercial offset. You know, maybe you're just afraid of, you know, the kind of religious community, I get the diehard religious community, you know, obviously it's Westboro not. Westboro Baptist, it, maybe. Clearly, yeah. memory here, it's, it's not representative <laughs> of every religious individual, nor should it be. Yeah, no. But it's. Not at all. It's 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 frustrating and disappointing all around. So yeah, just thought it was worth touching on uh, in the news. It could be an entire topic by itself. It could, uh, but hell, it might be in one of the later episodes. Yeah. So we'll see how it develops. Maybe they'll find new footing somewhere else, or they'll publish it independently if DC gives them the rights or whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, I w- I wouldn't have read this book. I would have been like, oh, okay, a funny joke book about Jesus. Okay, whatever. Move on. But now that they protested it and literally <laughs> DC 
bent its knee to the, this petition, this online petition. Now I'm like, if it ever does come out, I'm gonna read every fucking issue. Even You're goddamn right. Even if it's terrible, I'm gonna buy yeah. every single issue and I'm gonna read it and support them because this is bullshit and it's it's, it's probably gonna end up working against the people that were petitioning against it and hoping to bring it down because now you brought it into the limelight whereas before it was just kind of a forgettable yeah, comic. Yeah, it's like, oh, someone made a Jesus book. Oh, wonderful. Uh, now that you ah, petitioned it, bye. Now that you petitioned it. You've now given it free press. Yep, you've you've opened Pandora's box, and <laughs> once it's open, you can't really close it again. So, yep, nope. I hope it's you, all out. I hope you enjoy that. So, and DC, come on, guys, you're better than this. Come on, release the book. All right. So that's that's my rant on that. I'll let it sit there. Yep. I just, you can probably hear it in my voice, see it on my face. Just thinking about it makes me very disappointed. <sighs> Uh, next up on the news, this one from Newsarama's uh, Chris Arendt, yet again. The crossover title Batman Cross Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has an animated movie in production via New Deal with Nickelodeon and is slated for release later this spring. So if you like that comic, I did. I thought it was, it was written by James Tinian IV, I think, uh, who has done really solid, really good work throughout DC. Yeah. Um, it was a good book. It was a fun book. If you like Ninja Turtles, you like Batman, read the book. It, it, it builds interactions you probably wouldn't expect. And I, I think they actually play on a little bit of what goes on in that comic in Injustice 2 in some of the dialogue. If you have some of the Turtles versus Batman. Yeah. I think it depends on which one you use, but it's it's pretty good. So uh, look forward to that if you're interested in an animated feature with Batman and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. DC's animated work has pretty much been solid to great for pretty much every project there there's like a handful of small exceptions but even those are like they're not that bad they just do something really cringeworthy at this part or that where you know yeah. which you know you're not always going to hit it out of the park so to each their own yeah but this should be a you know kind of uh low key enjoyable film that uh I think all comic book fans will enjoy and fun news uh Kevin Eastman is actually involved in the project so he's actually contributing well, well, so well he's given okay. it, Kevin Eastman's given his blessing on the project so all right that's always an encouraging sign yep uh yeah I'll definitely watch that now yep next up on the news uh from Chris Ferrant oh. uh DC will be featuring their comic book villains in a year long event beginning in May Dub the year of the villain. The titles will kick off with a free comic book day book and be spearheaded by writers Brian Michael Bendis, who has recently joined DC and has been doing some pretty good work. I've been enjoying the stuff he's writing so far. Uh, mostly the Wander comics, but he's got some other stuff too. Um, Brian Michael Bendis, James Tinney and the Fourth, who we just talked about, and Scott Snyder. Uh, so those guys will be spearheading the Cole whole kind of outline for this year of the villain i don't know if it's a collected event or if it's just they're going to be having a lot more success this this upcoming year i know there's a big story with batman that's going to be focused on bane um bane bane (laughs) yes brother yes i will bring batman to his knees and break his spine you um, merely adopted the comic book. Yes, brother. I was born in it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm actually kind of excited about this. I actually enjoy it when the villains win once in a while. 
because it makes the comics more interesting, you know? It, yeah. Like, one of the most... I'm a huge Nightwing fanboy. It's my favorite comic book character, as everybody knows, if you've been watching the show. Yep. The the moment where Nightwing fails to save Bloodhaven from a nuclear bomb, that was a huge moment. I was like, holy shit. They actually let it happen. Uh, yeah. It wasn't the stereotypical comic book ending. The bomb went off. You done fucked up. Uh, it, yeah. That it, was it, that is a rare moment. Yeah, and then he had to deal with the fallout. In, <laughs> no pun intended, both literally and figuratively. Yeah, and emotionally dealing with the fact that he failed to save you know a million people plus. It's you can't win them all. Yeah, like so, you, literally, you can't. I mean, we have. Uh, you know, Green Lantern's girlfriend being murdered and shoved in a fridge. Oh, we have, oh poor Kyle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, we we have incidents throughout history where the villain has has fucking won. Yeah, you know, maybe the 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 hero finds a way to beat the villain in the end, but the damage is fucking done. Ooh, Watchmen. And, and oh, oh, perfect yeah. example. Perfect oh my example. god, yeah. Um. I'm not saying that it should be a gimmick and be used constantly, and every year the villain's got to win something and make the world spiral in this direction. Right. But it is kind of refreshing when every story isn't just a, hey, we beat the bad guy, and we found out a way, and a convenient plot device saved us at the last minute, and we're heroes every single time. Yeah, Yeah. totally not uh, just trying to figure out where the ass pull's going to come in. Yeah, so we're going to see what happens with this, but I'm pretty excited, and I hope there's some uh good variants that comes out of it now dc was doing this you know marvel started following suit uh after the new 52 for dc started but dc started doing this thing where they had a, a cool variant basically every month every month they had a huge collection of variant themes sometimes they were just like eh you know they had like a lot of looney tunes ones and they had like a mad magazine one you know one month and then the next month was a monsters month for halloween and then the next one was like a holiday month and this and that um even though i think it was overplayed and overdone i think that there still isn't enough of like interesting variant collections that are common enough to be purchased you know like it it, one in 25 you know at most a one in 50 but unfortunately the variants we've been getting are you know like one in 100 series you know which if you don't have a big comic book store with a lot of customers it's going to be really hard to get your hands on one of those and when you do get your hands on it they're going to upcharge you you know 75 100 bucks 50 bucks whatever the case may be um so it's it's a good opportunity i think to have some really cool kind of villain covers you know they they kind of did that thing with Forever Evil, uh, where they had the kind of 3D holographic villain covers for every book in the New 52. Yeah. I have a lot of them. I love them. I wish I could complete my collection. I'm missing a few. <laughs> I think I'm missing, I'm missing Deathstroke on the Teen Titans and one other one. It might be Hercules or something like that on a Wonder Woman book, but um, I really love those covers, and I would love to see something like that you know, pursued with some you know, give them enough time to create something really cool and interesting. You know, don't put fucking words and dialogue boxes on the new covers, DC. I've noticed uh, you've been going back to that, and it really annoys me. Uh, Let the art be it, there, just by itself. You, you you did this reformatting with the, the, the label and everything, and it's wonderful, and it's aesthetically great, and it's it, it, it makes the cover look awesome. 
and complements the artwork very well. Let it speak for itself. We don't need a big speech bubble in the middle of the cover, you know, like the corny 60s and 70s books. Or, oh my God, Batman! Just take that off. You don't need it. Just have the artwork stand on its own. Please, please. (laughs) I'm begging you. You've been doing this a lot, lady. Lady. You've been doing this a lot lately, and it's very frustrating as a fan that likes to collect covers to hang upon his wall. Um, At least uh, DC doesn't have something as silly as, wait, no, Cap, don't eat your shield. <laughs> <laughs> but Bucky, if I don't eat my shield, I'll die. <gasps> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's interesting. I'm excited for it. You know, they, every year they seem to have some weird event. Uh, I think a lot of them have fallen, fallen kind of flat recently with the Dark Knight's Metal. I think, I, I, although some aspects of it were popular, like the the Batman who laughs and all that nonsense. Um, I think the rest of it fell flat. You know, we had Convergence, which I think was horrible. I hated Convergence. <laughs> I thought it was just DC bending to the you know loud fans on the internet and trying to appease as many people as they could, but failing in the entire endeavor. Um, and yeah. now, now everything's all convoluted, and we got several versions of every character, and Marvel did the same damn thing with Secret Wars. They totally did. And it's really annoying, and it's uh, just not necessary. Oh, well, rant over. Sorry. I do a lot of them. Again, we don't have a topic today, so hey. Hey. I got to rant a little bit. Uh, next up on the news, DC has canceled Jared Leto uh, as the Joker in the upcoming Joker and Joker slash Harley Quinn movies, previously slated for production. In addition, James Gunn has announced recently that the upcoming Suicide Squad 2 movie will be a sort of, quote, soft reboot uh, with some of the original cast and characters out of the picture. So this, for me means that DC is finally cleaning up its act, going to rehab, <laughs> and getting some goddamn sense. Because the Jared Leto Joker is awful. The first Suicide Squad movie is awful. Like, not just as a DC movie, as a piece of media. It is awful. From beginning to end, it is bad. Genuinely bad. And uh, I'm glad that I won't have to see it ever again. At least in that form. Um, as long as they don't, uh, you know, go on a bender and, uh, you know, break yeah. their parole and uh, start snorting snor- some, some cocaine. Yeah, snow blind, baby. Uh, yeah, as long as they don't do that, um, I'm pretty happy. I kind of suspect that this is coming because that they saw how good the Joker movie the current Joker movie that's in production with Joaquin Phoenix looks. Yeah. And they're like, wow, we got something on our hands here. Yeah. Maybe we should not confuse our entire audience by releasing Jared Leto's Joker movie. Yeah. And maybe we should not alienate our many established beloved fans by creating a shitty Joker slash Harley Quinn movie. Yeah. And uh, let's take the good parts, the very few good parts of Suicide Squad and just uh, keep them and get rid of all the other bullshit and do a kind of soft reboot with a good director. Yeah. Yeah. Can we do with that with Birds of Prey? Uh, let's just not do Birds of Prey. Yeah, yeah. How about, how about that? It's what wh- Harley Quinn should not be leading the Birds. Of how Prey. are we doing that without Batgirl? Yeah, no. <laughs> that's a okay, problem. Okay, that, that's enough. 
it's a keep problem. Keep going on about it. Yep. You just got to stop paying attention to it. But us. this is very encouraging news for me. While I was deriding DC as a publisher uh, for <laughs> folding to an online petition, I'm very happy that they're finally getting some sense in their new movie universe and realizing that, hey, we're capable of much more and we're wasting our potential here creating this garbage heap of movies that's going to do shit domestically, but it's going to sell a billion dollars in China because they don't understand English and reading subtitles. You can't tell that the acting and lines are bad. So, yeah. It's because of China that not only Aquaman did well, but so did Venom. Yep. And so you're getting a second Venom movie. Enjoy. Thanks, China. Thanks, China. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I, ho- I hope this is a good sign. I hope Shazam does well. I hope, you know, Aquaman obviously did well. You know, Aquaman, not our favorite movie, but it was decent. Yeah. It was, it was a good effort on the part of DC. Not they a tried. Great, not a great effort, but a good effort. Uh, be sure to check out our review if you want to know more of our thoughts on that. But, oh, yeah. Uh, I think it's promising. We're we're going in the right direction, even if it's kind of half-assed. It's kind of like uh, one step in the door, one step out the door. We're <laughs> we're not sure what we want to do, but with Ben Affleck stepping down, with Henry Cavill kind of up in the air as Superman, with uh, the cancellation of these Jared Leto movies, um, with James Gunn openly saying that we're basically doing a reboot of Suicide Squad for the second one. There's some very promising signs on the horizon, and I hope, I hope that uh, the potential is fulfilled uh, on these uh, new movies. I hope the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie sets the president for a really good new Batman. Uh, yeah, the Batman, the Batman movie that's slated to come out, the kind of noir style Batman in 2021, with well, which will have to be a new Batman because Ben Affleck's gone. Yep. So, um, as a fan, I'm really excited, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, Next up, uh, it is time for another episode of Delay Corner. Want, want, want. We wouldn't like to have this every single week, but it seems like we have to have this every single week. So, unfortunately, let's talk about the delayed books. DC has announced that the finale to its title, Batman Damned, otherwise known as Batman Penis, <laughs> uh, has been delayed two months and will re- will release in May of this year. Marvel has also announced some delays. It has announced that Doctor Strange issue number 12 and Doctor Strange issue number 13 have each been delayed three weeks. No reason was stated for either sets of delays. So, easiest way to kill your book, delay it significant amounts of time. Yep. Don't do it. We need to change the business model. We can't keep doing the paycheck-to-paycheck production cycle for these comic books. I rant on it every single week. I'll leave it at that. Yep. And that, my friends, is the news. So. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's funny that we finally got into this point because there's something that I was talking about earlier. (gasps) Oh, yeah, you remember how uh, the X-Men are gone? <gasps> what books are we hitting up this week? Well, Emery, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> First up, from Marvel Comics, we have Age of X-Men, The Amazing Nightcrawler, number one. Interesting. We have Avengers, number 15. 
We have Avengers Endgame Prelude, number three. We have Avengers No Road Home, number two. We have Black Widow, number two. We have Doctor Strange, number 11. Not delayed, but the next two issues will be delayed, unfortunately. So That is unfortunate. Sorry, Doctor Strange fans. Has been a pretty solid book uh, recently. I don't know about up to now, but uh, you know, formerly when we were reading it, it was pretty good. Uh, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, number three, is the next book. We have Guardians of the Galaxy, number two. We have Hulk Vereen's <laughs> number one, which features what looks oh. like damage mixed with Hulk and mixed with Wolverine. Oh, God. It's a fucking clusterfuck of oh, stupid. It's really dumb. and It's really fucking stupid. Uh, you know, again, judging a book by its cover, probably unfair, but I'm not going to read it. Yeah. I love Wolverine. I'll wait for Not someone read else it. to review it for me Yep. before I give that so, any of my money. It's going to need some strong word of mouth uh, for <laughs> people to read that book. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Love Romances, number one. Uh, interesting. Uh, we have Miles Morales, Spider-Man, number three. Uh, Miles getting some love. We have Old Man Quill, number two. Old Man, Man Quilliam. <laughs> I like William. Oh, yeah. It's a fun name. <laughs> if you're oh. angry about Quilliam, you're a fucking nerd. All right? <laughs> it's okay. We're all fucking nerds. Yeah, you better be. Uh, next up, we have Return of Wolverine, number five. Glowing claws and all. Why are they glowing? It's real dumb. <laughs> we have Shuri, number five. We have Star Wars Solo, number five, probably based on the movie. Yep. We have The Black Order, number four. We have The Unstoppable Wasp, number five. We have your new favorite book, Uncanny X-Men, number 12. With the pretty badass cover. <laughs> oh, you goddamn right. Not going to win our award this week, but it's a pretty badass cover if you like Cyclops and Logan. Honorable mention. Uh, I say Logan because he's out of uniform. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have Venom, number 11. We have Wolverine Infinity Watch, number one, because why the fuck not, I guess? Yeah, claws everywhere. He's back. Use him. Guess who's back? Cash in. Back again. Again. (laughs) Next up, from Dynamite Entertainment, we have boobs. (laughs) All of them. Uh, Do we really need to read these covers? Nope. We really don't. We're going. You know what these are here for. You know what you're here for. Uh, Barbarella, Cross Asia, Thoris, number two. Uh, we have Crackdown, number one. We have James Bond, 007. Uh, a lot of variants. Let's see which one is the right one. Number four. We have Mars Attacks, number five. We have Rainbow Bright, number four. <laughs> Getting some love. Uh, we got The Lone Ranger, number five. And we have Turok, number two. Turok. <laughs> Speaking of Turok, I picked up uh, the whole Valiant relaunch number one of Turok. Ooh. Pretty sure it happened either late 80s or early 90s. I can't remember. It's got an ad for Mega Man 5 in oh, it. Oh, yeah, so. that's 90s. Yeah. 1992. At, at, oh, my God. What a year to be alive. It's also a badass cover. Like, how can you not love that? It's got the holographic picture on it with the textured, you know, perimeter, oh. textured border. Ooh, yeah. Valiant was on to something there. A little corny. 
a little bit, but man, is it cool! Yeah, that, that, especially with Turok. That thing was shooting so a badass. fucking dinosaur. That Turok is so badass. They made a fucking Nintendo sixty four game about killing fucking dinosaurs. Yep, with the fucking bow and arrow. Yep, now, because that is a man right there. Man. No, that's it's important to note that this is not the first Turok appearance because Turok's a really, really old comic. Oh yeah, but it was I think the first Valiant version. I'm yeah. pretty, I'm pretty sure. But great, great looking cover. So I picked it up, pretty much pristine condition. I was really happy to find it. So, uh, Ooh, yeah. just a fun little note from my life there. Oh yeah. Next up from Image Comics, we have a book we talked about earlier, Bitter Root number four. Uh, again, done by uh, Walker there, who is launching his new company soon. Uh, we have we have East of West number forty one. We have Aaron Boys number five. We have Evolution number fourteen. We have Exor Sisters number five. We have Middle West number four. We have Monstrous number twenty. Read this book. Santa Takeda is great. Oh yeah, and uh, May Lu does a great job uh, writing the book. Uh, next up, we have Outpost Zero, number seven. We have Savage Dragon, number 242. Oh, my God, that thing's still going. Oh, yeah. Oh. We have Seven to Eternity, number 13. We have Sharky, the Bounty Hunter, number one. Okay. Mm, <laughs> Sharky. Mark Millar, what are you doing? Sharky. We have... That's it for Image. All yeah. right. Thanks, Image. We love you. From DC Comics, we have Aquaman, number 45. We have Batman, number 65. Again, with these speech bubbles. Not necessary. Come on, DC. Uh, we have Catwoman, number 8, with a pretty cool cover. We have Damage, number 14. Yeah, don't read this book. <laughs> we have High Level, number 1. We have Justice League, number 18. Uh, we have Mad Magazine, number six, bringing it back. We have Naomi, number two, one of the new Brian Michael Bendis books, uh, part of the Wonder Comics, which is the younger skewed books. We have Nightwing, number 57. Ooh. We have Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, number 97. <laughs> no one can defeat Shaggy. No one. I like Zoink Scoob. <laughs> have, you, have you seen this meme going around? <laughs> they literally solicited... Uh, Boone from uh, Mortal Kombat <laughs> to put Shaggy in the game because apparently there's this cartoon movie of Scooby Doo where Shaggy beats the hell out of all of these bikers in a bar. Oh yeah, and so they've been like putting Super Saiyan hair on him and making him this like super powerful you know character and demanding that he appear in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> this is how nuts this meme has become. Wizards of the Coast typed up a monster character for dealing with Shaggy. <laughs> this interdimensional character that literally cannot be beaten. Oh, yes, yeah, Scoop. one of his greatest abilities is Devour. Get wrecked. Because he fucking eats absurd amounts of food. <laughs> Where does it go? No one fucking no knows. One knows. <laughs> that hollow leg. <laughs> but yeah, just fun aside there. Shaggy, oh, yeah. Shaggy getting some love recently. Oh, yeah, and he deserves every little bit of it. Yep. Next up, we have uh, Teen Titans, number 27. Uh, we have The Wild Storm, number 20, which is, uh, I love The Wild Storm. So good. It's such a solid book. Warren uh, Ellis is great. Yep. 
I always pick up Warren Ellis's work eventually. <laughs> kind of Give busy catching up on New Era of DC Heroes, but man, I'm going to catch up on that book and I am going to plow through that thing. Uh, next up from IDW Publishing, we have DuckTales. Woohoo! Number 18. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, brief pause for a moment. Unfortunately, Emery uh, had to go. We were running a little late here. News went on a little long. Ranted maybe one too many times. Sorry about that. But uh, unfortunately, Emery won't be with us for the rest of this episode. You will, of course, see him next week on the usual podcast. But I'm going to round out the uh, the comics of the week here and uh, the cover and variant cover of the week Uh as we normally do, we will not have a topic this week. As we discussed earlier, there's just so much news that we had to get to. We just we felt that this, it would not be beneficial to have a four-hour podcast for anybody involved. I don't want to edit a four-hour podcast, and I'm sure you guys would get pretty sick of us after four hours. So uh, without further ado, let's get back into it. Uh, from IDW Publishing, we have DuckTales. Woo! Number 18, we have GoBots, number four. We have Judge Dredd, Toxic, number four. Uh, We have Star Wars Adventures, number 18. We have Sukeban Turbo, number four. And we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Urban Legends, number 10. And Uncle Scrooge, number 42. From Boom Studios, we have Adventure Time... Marcy and Simon, number two. We have Beneath the Dark Crystal, number seven. Jim Henson lives on. We have Black Badge, number seven. We have Coda, C-O-D-A, number nine. Not Coda, the bus. We have Lumberjanes, number 59. And that wraps up, boom. From Dark Horse Comics, we have Anthem, number one. Probably spinning off of the upcoming game here. We have Death Orb, number five. We have Lightstep, number four. We have Starcraft, Soldiers, number two. We have The Terminator, Sector War, number three. Apparently there's another reboot slash sequel coming eventually. I don't know if uh, I really want to see Old Man Schwarzenegger and Old Man... uh, Linda Carter uh, playing those roles again, but whatever. Uh, If James Cameron's doing anything with it, I'll watch it. And then finally, we have Wisher number three of Flesh and Flame, featuring Dandelion, of course. And finally, from Vertigo, we have American Carnage number four. We have High Level number one, which we mentioned earlier during DC. And we have Lucifer number five. Yeah, why don't you make a petition about that book? Eh? Oh, you're, you're cool with the devil, though. Inconsistent. Fickle! Fickle! All of you. All right, and that wraps up all the comic book releases coming to your local comic book shops. Please support your local comic book shops. Thanks, Bob. And digital devices this week. Now, for those of you unaware, this is the part of the show where we award a cover and variant cover of the week. From Hit the Books podcast. Uh, Emery and I discussed this before the show and made our choices. So uh, while you might claim there's a little bias in one of these choices, I swear it was all forthright and uh, agreed upon by Emery. So first up, our cover of the week is awarded to 
Marvel's Shuri, number five. This cover done by San Spratt. Now, the Shuri covers have been consistently pretty cool. I, I, I don't know if they're very appropriate necessarily for the character sometimes, just because of the aesthetic and what's going on in the image, but neither of us have been reading the book up to this point. We'll probably pick it up, you know, obviously to review it for does the content match the drapes, but... Um, the covers have been consistently pretty great. Unfortunately, every time it comes out, there's one that's just slightly better, and we always have to give the award to the other comic that came out that week. Um, but finally, uh, Sam Spratt and the Shuri comic finally get the uh, the accolades they are due with this prestigious, nay, life-changing award of comic cover of the week from Hit the Books Podcast. Uh, this is a cool, really cool cover. If you're not watching the YouTube channel, I'll give you a brief description here. Uh, it's got uh, Shuri in the foreground with her kind of uh, Black Panther movie version uh, blasters, um, blasting away what looks like some kind of insect alien creatures uh, with uh, Iron Man in the background kind of silhouetting her, uh, giving her some air support. And it's it's just a really well-drawn, cool cover that just has a really cool aesthetic to it. It kind of reminds me uh, of kind of the Dune artwork. Uh, you know, big news recently is that the Dune movie is going forward. Well, maybe it's a TV show, but there's a Dune project coming out. And a lot of big names are uh, joining the fray, including Aquaman himself. Um but yeah, the comic cover is great. The the art is great. The aesthetic is great. The color scheme is in, in, really, really interesting and uh, fun. And I think uh, Sam Spratt has a lot to be proud of here with this uh, cover illustration. So once again, big congratulations to uh, Sam Spratt. He made a wonderful cover, and Marvel Comics should be proud of you. Uh, and uh, for our variant cover of the week... We had uh, a little bit of debate back and forth. Um, ironically, uh, in addition to me obviously being a fanboy of this character, Emery was also strongly leaning towards the Nightwing cover. Uh, Nightwing variant for issue number 57. Variant done by Jeff Deckall. And um, the contender with it was of the... Uh, Avengers number 15, Perel Captain Marvel cover uh, of Avengers number 15. And both of them, really, really great comics. Really, really great uh, artwork on those comics. Um, I, I don't, we don't know about the content just yet, but the covers are excellent. They're excellent variant covers, and I will probably end up buying both variants if I can get a hold of them. And they are both worthy of the accolade of variant cover of the week, but unfortunately, we can only award one on the webpage where you can check out our uh, current and previous covers of the week, which is htbvids.com forward slash 2019. And of course, you can put 2018, 2017 to go back in time. There's also links uh, on the webpage that you can follow um, and just navigate the menu to find each year's uh, selection. But um, I'll put Avengers number 15 on there as kind of a bonus cover, kind of like what I did uh, last year with the uh, Trinity variant by uh, uh, Shankowitz, who made a really awesome, like, over-the-top 
ridiculous cover featuring Superman punching a Tyrannosaurus Rex in the face and Batman double-wielding swords fighting off raptors and Wonder Woman spearing another dinosaur through the face. It was just that sort of level where I just... Because the covers that week were so phenomenal, I couldn't just give it to one. And I had to choose just the one variant for the cover and then gave a bonus shout-out to the other color cover because I thought in my opinion that week, that it was just as good as the other one. And I think this is the case. The Captain Marvel uh, Avengers number 15 variant uh, by Gerald Perel, it it, it kind of has a kind of uh, style to it where you have uh, kind of a classic illustration featuring uh, Captain Marvel there creating some kind of you know star formations, the Nova logo. Um uh, to entertain uh, what looks like a, a small child there uh, and a cat. Um, I'm assuming that's not Kamala Khan, but maybe it's Kamala Khan. Um, but it's just a it's just a cool kind of heartwarming image that you would expect to see on you know one of those classic you know 50s Norman Rockwell you know paintings. Uh, and I, I think it's a really impressive cover. Again, it is not the variant cover of the week, but it deserves uh, a big shout-out, and I think uh, a lot of you out there might want to look out for that cover, as well as the winner of the week. Um, the winner, it goes to DC's Nightwing number 57 variant uh, by Jeff Deckel. And again, really awesome uh, cover, really awesome uh, play with colors, play with lighting, play with um, you know imagery. I think what gives this cover the edge over the uh, Perel cover is that this one has some pretty stark imagery right there where it's, the positioning of Nightwing is clearly illustrating him as kind of this larger-than-life, you know, kind of angel-like but also kind of demon-like uh, character. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. It's, it's really cool, has great imagery, has great play with colors. It's one of the better Nightwing covers we've seen recently. Um, not that they were bad, but, uh, it's, it's certainly stepping up a notch and it's, it's really great. Uh, unfortunately I dropped off my, my favorite character's book for a while there cause the, the writing was just so cringeworthy, you know, it, 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 Emery and I joke about it all the time. But there was a storyline featuring King Sturgeon and the Guppy. And there was this ridiculous scene where the Guppy's over the hospital bed of King Sturgeon. And you're seeing a fucking a live shark crying over the larger live shark. And there was just awful characters and really goofy, over-the-top writing that just didn't, didn't work. And there was, you know filler issues that told backstories that had terrible art in the internal illustration and in the writing and i was just so soured on it i couldn't even i couldn't even stomach it i just gave up now i know there's i'm pretty sure this is a new uh writing team so i don't want to associate any of that uh kind of negative energy uh that i associate with the the previous run there uh with the current uh creative group cuz I'm pretty sure Scott Lobdell and uh Travis Moore are not responsible for what was going on there. Um but uh unfortunately I have a lot of catching up to do and unfortunately to to plow through the bad ones I you know 
it's going to be necessary for me to get to this one so I can appreciate the content, whether it's good or not. So uh, look forward to that in probably the far future. As much as I love Nightwing, it's it's just really it was it was a slog there for a while internally. Uh, however, I think uh, from what I've heard, generally speaking, the Avengers book has been pretty solid, and I'll probably be picking up that. Uh, Shuri, I haven't heard much you know in terms of bad or good but uh the cover looks great and you know they're marvel's really been capitalizing on kind of the goodwill that they've had with the black panther characters since you know what february of last year when it came out um so yeah really good artwork all around uh, once again, big congratulations to uh, Sam Spratt for his illustration uh, on the cover of Shuri number five. Uh, big shout out to Jeff DeCall uh, for his wonderful illustration and artwork on uh, Nightwing number 57 as the variant. And uh, shout out, bonus shout out to uh, the Avengers number 15 Perel uh, Captain Marvel variant cover done by Gerald Perel. And uh, really, both uh, DC and Marvel have a lot to be proud of this week in terms of uh, cover work. So, once again, big shout out to those guys, and I hope you enjoy the prestigious, nay life-changing award of cover and variant cover of the week. And for our new friends out there, this is the part of the show where we would normally discuss a topic about the world of comics for your amusement. Unfortunately, this week, we just had so much news, there just wasn't time, and I'm already droning quite a bit. So I really want to be merciful and uh, take care of you here. Once again, please, if you are uh, interested in wrestling, WWE wrestling, uh, NXT, SmackDown, Raw, uh, NXT UK... Uh, we 205 Live, we really touch on all of it. Um, it's a very similar format to our comic book show here, Hit the Books. Um, and I, I, my, my brother and I, Dan Maloney, we are very proud of what we kind of got together there. We're still refining it, just like we're always refining Hit the Books. Um, we just recently got back into the full swing of things with Hit the Books, where we finally remembered to put our introduction in there. We finally remembered to, uh, kind of the rhythm of things. And uh, we're again, we're still getting back in the swing of things since we took that kind of extended summer break there. Um, but we're back. We're regular. Plan to be every week now. Uh, schedules are finally clearing up a bit so we can get a few episodes uh, ahead and start doing some more instructional videos and other work, uh, start doing some reviews that we need to catch up on and all that jazz. So I hope you'll look forward to it. Uh, on behalf of Emery and myself and Dan, uh, I really want to thank you all for watching our, our programs here, our shows. We're really trying to push these things out. You know, We do them quite, quite a bit as a hobby, but it's also... Uh, kind of a uh, passion of love and it, it is a lot of hard work in terms of editing and processing and staging the camera and getting the sound set up and uh, pushing everything out on social media so you guys are able to stay updated um, and we're very grateful for every single one of you that uh, stick around and listen uh, especially those of you who stick it out all the way to the end we know uh, our shows specifically our comic show runs pretty long um, our, our wrestling show is probably a little bit shorter. Uh, our first episode was a little long in the tooth because we kind of had to do a lot of introduction stuff. We had to do a lot of uh, 
touching base on initial thoughts types of things that are now going to be somewhat established. Uh, you can see in the background we have our uh, NXT and WWE championship belts. Uh, we're going to add a, a couple more and maybe a few uh, WWE comic covers uh, to kind of complement both shows. And then uh, we do have another show that's kind of in the pipeline uh, that we will eventually be getting out to you. It's just a matter of time, a matter of money, a matter of, uh, you know, just luck <laughs> in some ways. Um, but if you uh, enjoy the show and feel so generous as to perhaps contribute to the show, we do have a Patreon page where you can do so. You can do so monthly or you can do so uh, as a one-time payment. Um, uh, we have a few contributors that we're very grateful for, um, uh, unfortunately below the tiers, so I can't really read out their names, but we did have one producer in the past, Will Beasley, who is a good friend and, uh, uh, uh provided a very significant contribution and was featured as a producer on the show. Um, and we sent him out, uh, a, a volume that we thought would be, pleasing to him that we thought matches personality from what i know of him and what he's told us uh and a few other goodies um that uh, I, th I think i saw a recent post that he uh you know gave us a little shout out on instagram or something like that but once again thank you will beasley first major producer of the show first credited producer of the show and uh it really went a long way and helped us stretch out that show for a good time there and uh, helped pay for, you know, uh, our editing programs and all that stuff. So it really was a big help and we do really do appreciate it. However, if you can't or have no interest in uh, contributing financially, uh, that's just fine. We are very happy to have you here and we encourage you to stick around and stay for more. I'm sure it gets very annoying hearing these pandering things, but uh we do put a lot of time and money and effort into the show, and it it re really would go a long way to help us out if even a, a small contribution was made on uh, uh, our fans' behalf. So once again, thank you very much for sticking with us. We're very grateful to have you here. Um, and if uh, in the end we just have a, a project of love that we can kind of hold up to the light and uh, be proud of collectively, I think that's... That's more than good enough for me. So thank you once again. Well, folks, I think that wraps up another mediocre edition of Hit the Books podcast. Mediocre. Thank you, Bob. Thank you all for sticking with us. If you like what you hear, be sure to hit like and subscribe and follow us on your podcast services and social networks of choice. Uh, leave us some good reviews on Stitcher and iTunes. It really does help us out quite a bit. It helps uh, get new listeners in. It helps uh, kind of boost the pedigree of the show. And... Uh, really gets a, gives us a chance to get out into the world and uh, reach more ears, more eyes, and whatnot. And if you are on YouTube, be sure to hit the little bell icon if you want notifications when the new shows are up. Um, our Hit the Ropes podcast is going to be on the Hit the Books channel on YouTube. They're not going to, we're not going to make a separate channel. Uh, same with our social media. We're changing our social media from Hit the Books to Hit the Books Vids on Twitter and Facebook. Um, we, we don't really do Instagram or any other social media right now just because it's too, it's too tedious and too much work. Um, but we'll, we'll probably get, be getting into that in a little bit here. We're on iTunes, Stitcher and YouTube right now. We're working on Spotify next. 
Um, if you have any requests out there for podcast services that you think are underserved, just get, go ahead and send me an email. Our email is hitthebooksvids, V-I-D-S, at gmail.com. You can also find the Contact Us page on our website, htbvids.com. Uh, just navigate it in the menu there in the corner. Um, any suggestions are more than welcome. Any uh, constructive comments for how we can improve the show going forward. Uh, any kind of uh, requests for topic discussions. Uh, any kind of cosplay pictures you're proud of and would like to send our way. We'll feature you on the show. Uh, any creators out there who want us to review their product or perhaps just discuss it. Uh, feel free to send us a link there or uh, reach out to us. Uh, we have a. Uh, I recently went to uh, a, a brand new uh, comic shop here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, I just thought I'd give them a little shout out. That's where I picked up this Torok book. Uh, Torok. Um, they have kind of a neat little setup in New Albany, uh, which is in the northeast part of Columbus, Ohio here called crazy comics um uh, the i think it's co-owned by a husband and wife team the wife was there when i went in uh with some friends and uh she was very courteous very kind they have a nice little setup there again because they're kind of newer i don't think they have quite as much stock as you'd like to see in like a more established comic store but still they had a great aesthetic they had batman begins playing on the tv which is awesome uh they had a lot of cool stuff on the main floor they had a little back room where they had the the back issues really cool little setup just wanted to give a shout out to uh crazy comics you guys are running a cool little business there and i hope to see you guys expand and improve in the future again we got a lot of great comic book stores we're very lucky in columbus ohio to have tons of great comic book stores basically every corner of the city and the center of the city has some kind of comic book store uh, my personal favorites are uh, laughing ogre here uh, which is a little bit towards the university area and then uh, world's greatest comics which is in the westerville area uh, those, both those stores are awesome. They're great. Uh, there's several other ones that are really good, really solid. I just don't happen to go to them quite as often. Uh, Comic Town is another one that's really good. That's pretty close to me. Unfortunately, it's in a, a really busy area, so I just don't like driving over there. But they have a really uh, solid staff. Uh, if you're into like gaming and stuff, they're they're a really good store. Um, there's Rat Pack Comics uh, further south in the city. Uh, I think it's called Heroes and Games. It's in the convention center uh, here in the center of the city. Uh, a lot of really good, really solid uh, comic shops that uh, if you're in the central Ohio area, I highly recommend you check out. Again, my favorites are Laughing Ogre and World's Greatest Comics, but everybody enjoys a different aesthetic. Everybody's looking for a different sort of thing from their comic book shop. You know, I don't really play games or anything like that, so I'm not looking for, like, the people with trade magic cards and the people that uh, have board games and whatnot set up there. I prefer the, you know, comic shops that are a little more centrally focused uh, on comic books themselves. And for me, the my two favorites I mentioned there, they happen to meet that aesthetic for me. Um, but... You know, everybody has a different uh, taste, a different uh, preference, um, but really, you can't go wrong with any of these shops really in the city. There's there's a lot of really great, really solid shops throughout the city, and uh, we're very lucky in Columbus, Ohio, to have a lot of great shops and creators. There's a lot of great creators that uh, hang out here in Columbus, um, 
so just want to give a shout out to the new comic store crazy crazy town comics um really really uh happy to see another shop open in that uh, corner of the city where there, there seems to be an underserved market and hopefully i hope you get more traction and uh get more people through those doors so uh, i think that wraps everything up for the week on behalf of emory I really want to thank you for sticking with us. Remember, we're on Twitter at HTBVids. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash hit the books. We're on uh, Stitcher, iTunes, and uh, YouTube. Uh, it, all you got to do to check out the different service is go into the link uh, in the description and uh, click those links, and you'll see our feeds there. And uh, our website is htbvids.com. Once again, we got the new show out there, Hit the Ropes Podcast, which is on our YouTube channel under the Hit the Books uh, main station, which will be renamed Hit the Books Vids to encompass all the shows. Um, and we'd really appreciate it if you checked it out, if you gave it a like, if you subscribed to it, uh, if you hit the bell icon, all that jazz. And uh, give some love to uh, Dan and Emery on social media because they uh, are a big part of this um, this whole project we run, this whole hobby we run. And uh, we really do uh, put a lot of effort into it. And I hope that everybody enjoys and appreciates it. And uh, if you got some uh, ideas for the show, how we can improve things, please let me know. Um, thanks again for watching. I guess we'll see you next week on Hit the Books Podcast. <laughs>